Take your Bibles this morning, if you would, we'll go to Genesis chapter number 6. Genesis 6, if you were here uh, in our earlier service, we were looking at the life of Abram, uh, as your pastor mentioned, in missions, and we're going to look here uh, for a few moments at the life of Noah and how God used him. Obviously, Noah's probably not a stranger to you in the Scriptures, uh, but we'll take some time here uh, together. What a great opportunity we had to worship the Lord together this morning, and I enjoyed that last song, The Lord is My Salvation, and uh, it's absolutely true. Nothing compares to our great God. And if you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, uh, we would have no greater desire today than that you would get that settled and you would know that, that God loves you and He sent His Son Jesus to die for you. And uh, this entire month, this church, you have set aside this time to uh, consider missions, consider your part uh, in what God would have you to do in the area of missions. And uh, are you a little bit humbled uh, that God would allow you and I to be involved in His plan of reaching the world? And uh, we talked a little bit about Abram. You get to Genesis chapter number 16, and, and there's a really a dark spot in Abram's life where he made decisions completely against the will and the Word of God. Uh, but God still allowed him to be involved. That was the mercy and grace of God. And uh, we can find all throughout the Bible, church, uh, God uh, continuously pursuing His creation. Uh, God loves you today. I want you to know that. Uh, he loves you unconditionally. Uh, he loves you. He already paid the price for your sin. And all throughout the Bible we find that. We're going to look here in uh, Genesis. We can actually go back even before uh, Noah's time. We can go to the garden and we can find where uh, man decided to go against the will of God and the Word of God. And uh, God obviously brought uh, judgment to the world in the thought of sin and He brought that. Uh, but the reality is man chose to sin and chose to go against God. But you know, God didn't say in that moment, that was it, that was your only chance. From that moment on, God has been pursuing now, we're going to find as we read in Noah's life, you know what happened? Uh, the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And uh, God, though He brought judgment upon man for that sin, God was still pursuing His creation and He preserved life through Noah and through that ark. Aren't you thankful for the mercy and grace of God? And so we see Him pursuing there. You can go to the, the book of Judges, and I'm preaching through Judges on Wednesday night in our church. And I don't know if you've ever studied the book of Judges, but uh, there's a lot of wickedness happening in the book of Judges. But every time throughout that book, do you know what we find? God relentlessly pursuing His children. And He continuously raises up a judge. Uh, God continuously does it. You know what He's doing today, right now? Uh, he is pursuing His creation. Uh, he sent His Son Jesus to die for the sins of the world. And you might be here this morning and, and you might not know Him personally, but I want you to know today you can know Him personally. And He loved you and He gave His Son to die for you. And that's what we're here for. We're here to look at how can we be more involved in what God would have us do on this area of missions. I gave you a definition this morning. Uh, it is not a definition of missions that you're going to uh, find in a Matthew Henry commentary. You're not going to find it in the Webster's Dictionary. Uh, it's just a definition that I like to consider in my life, and this is what it was. Uh, missions, God proclaiming His name through His current creation. And so if you would consider that this morning, God proclaiming His name through His current creation, that's what He's desiring to do through you and I. Continue to proclaim His name throughout the entire world. Uh, your pastor gave you a challenge this morning after uh, our uh, uh, Sunday school hour, our uh, connection groups hour, 
And what he did was he said that a goal that God has given him for this church is that you, and if I misquote you, please stand up and correct me, that you desire to uh, support a missionary in every country in this world. Did I hear you correctly? Uh, that is an incredible endeavor. That is something that would be a biblical, that God would desire for you to do. So if that is going to happen through this local body, how is that going to be accomplished? Uh, we're going to be willing to listen to God. We're going to be willing to maybe do more than we're currently doing to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want you to go to Genesis chapter 6, and we're going to allow Noah, just like we did Abram this morning, we're going to allow Noah to be that one that we could learn from about missions and our involvement in it. Come back tonight at 5 if you would, because we're going to learn from the greatest teacher, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ, and so we'll be in the Gospels here uh, tonight together. Genesis 6, pick up in verse number 5 if you would. The Bible says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping thing and fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Let's pray together this morning. Lord God, I do love you and I do thank you for this opportunity to proclaim your word today. And I pray that most of all we would understand this morning, uh, Lord, how we ought to be obedient to the truth of the Bible. Lord, we could be in this room this morning and we are lost in our trespasses and sins. And then obedience to us would be that we would accept Christ as our Lord and Savior. Uh, Lord, we could be in this room and we are saved, born again, baptized believers. We're following you. And, and Lord, it could be this morning that you're going to, through the Word of God, uh, show us an area in our life that we need to surrender to you. Uh, Lord, I, I understand in this room there are represented, uh, Lord, a vast amount of needs. Uh, Lord, desires, people with burdens on their hearts. Lord, I could never in all of my days be able to, uh, Lord, provide uh, the wisdom needed to make the decisions that are represented in this room, Lord, but you can, and your word can, and I pray right now, Lord, that you would minister to our hearts. As we look at the subject of missions, I pray that we would understand that we are to be involved in it. And so, Lord, would you help us here this morning? Lord, do what I cannot and speak to the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to just start right in this morning and consider uh, Noah. You can consider in these early verses, obviously, if you know anything about the story of the Bible and Noah, you would know that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. We just read about that. And God was considering the creation. He was considering man. He was seeing that the Bible says that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. You can consider how wicked the earth was at that time. You can consider how wicked mankind had become and the things that they were doing. If you've ever studied and you've ever read about it, uh, the world was in desperate need of looking to God. And God did something absolutely amazing, and it was this thought. It wasn't Noah... I want you to understand that this morning. It wasn't anything special in Noah. It wasn't that Noah was just this, this perfect individual that God chose to use. Verse number 8 is key in our text this morning, and it's simply this, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. 
Here's what we understand then, if it was grace, and it was because it was the Word of God, Noah found grace. Noah did not deserve this responsibility, but the grace of God allowed it. And so what happens is, and then the first thing I want you to understand this morning is simply this, Noah found grace. Everything in mission starts and ends with grace. It's of the grace of God that we are saved. It's of the grace of God that we're even, even able to be here this morning. It's by the grace of God that the Word of God has made its way into our life. And the Bible teaches us here in verse number 8 that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. I want you to think of grace for a moment. I have a few verses I'd like you to consider this morning. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 8, we read these words, For by grace are ye saved through faith. I want you to consider that word grace, though. It's nothing that we could earn. It's nothing that we deserved. Grace is that unmerited favor. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Uh, Paul was talking to the church at Ephesus, and what was he teaching them? He was telling them, for by grace are ye saved. It's nothing that you've done. It's nothing that you've merited. It's the grace of God that has brought salvation to your life. For by grace are ye saved through faith. Uh, everything starts and ends with grace. First John chapter 1, verse number 14, the Bible says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. This is talking about Jesus. And you know what the Bible says about Him? He was full of what? Grace and truth. It is the grace of God that brought Jesus to this earth. I'm thankful that Jesus came. And while He was here, you know what? He is and continually is full of both grace and truth truth. Acts chapter 15, verse number 11, uh, we see these words. It says, but we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. And there's our thought again. It is of the grace of God. Romans 3, verse number 24, being justified freely by his what class? His grace. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. I want you to understand first and foremost this morning when we consider missions, we have to recognize that everything begins with the grace of God. To be able to consider that God would allow me to partner with Him in an everlasting endeavor to reach this entire world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, it all comes back to the grace of God. And here is Noah, and the world is wicked and the world is in desperate need of looking to God. And the Bible says that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And we know and we continue reading in verse number 9, we do know that Noah was a man of character. Noah was a man that walked with God. But I want you to understand first and foremost, this entire story in the Bible starts with the grace of God. So Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Look at verse number 9, if you would, of Genesis chapter number 6. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. We do understand that Noah was a, a mature man. His family was complete there, and Noah was one that walked with God. I want you to consider Noah walking with God. What do we know about the world according to verse number 5? It was a wicked place. Uh, but in the midst of a wicked and perverse generation, in the midst of a wicked world, what do we find one man doing? We find this man Noah walking 
with God. It reminded me of Philippians chapter number 2 where Paul is talking to the church of Philippi and he's helping them understand through that letter some things that they need to be doing. And here's what Paul said to them. That ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. And I'm thankful today that we can look at the Scriptures and we find this man Noah. And yes, Noah was walking with God, but mark it down, it all started with the grace of God. If we're going to continue being mission-minded, if we're going to continue reaching this world, then we can never get away that we are only able to do it and it's all by the grace of God. And so mark it down, it starts and ends with the grace of God. Go down to chapter number 6, verse number 14, and here's what we find. Not only did Noah find grace in the eyes of the Lord, but verse number 14, it says, God gave him some instructions. He received these instructions. God says, make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth 50 cubits, the height of it 30 cubits. He goes on to describe for him in verse number 16, a window shalt thou make to the ark. And he gives him the dimensions of the ark and the window and everything that needs to be taking place here. Here's what I want you to understand. Noah received some instruction. God always has a plan set in place to continue His name. God's desire is that this entire world would know of Him. God always has a plan set in place to continue His name. He often uh, describes that for us and He gives us the instructions. Could you just let it sit in for a moment how unfamiliar these instructions would have been to Noah? First of all, the fact that God told him to build an ark. And I know that you've considered this before, and I know there are children in in junior church right now that could probably come and they could explain this story to us, but would you just let your mind wander for just a moment about Noah and receiving these instructions? God sends word that you are to build an ark. You're to build this large structure that's going to house your family and all of these animals because there is rain and this flood is going to come. We've all considered, I'm sure, an ark, a flood. No one had ever heard of either of these before. would have been something extremely difficult for him to comprehend, but God is giving him instructions. And I want you to consider this. God's instructions are not for us to argue whether or not it makes sense. Do we agree? Do we desire to continue? God's instructions are to be followed immediately. And God gives instructions to Noah. And he tells him, look, here's what's going to happen. Noah's found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah, you don't deserve this, but you're going to be a part of God's eternal plan, and I'm going to use you, and now you need to build this ark. God is a God of order. He always has a a, a plan for his name to continue. Boy, you could turn on the news this afternoon, and if you do, you're probably wasting your time. You're going to be discouraged. You're going to uh, read about all these different articles that you're reading on your social media accounts. And it's a discouraging place. But could I remind you this morning, God is still alive and God still has a plan and His plan still works. And He sets that plan and He gives instruction to His children. And you know why the plan sometimes seems like it's not working? Maybe it's because His children are not being obedient to the plan. And so God gives instructions. He says, Noah, you're going to build an ark, and here's what's going to happen. Every bit of these instructions are important. Could you imagine considering this an ark of gopher wood? Very important. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark. He tells them to pitch it within and without. It wasn't going to work if he just pitched it on one side. or the, It had to be both. Length had to be uh, 30 cubits. 
The breadth, 50 cubits. The height, 30 cubits. Had to have a window. It had to have a door. It had to have not one, not two, but three stories. All of this was very important to God's plan. None of these instructions would have made sense to Noah. Sometimes God will be speaking into your life and immediately you're going to begin to think this plan does not make sense. Could I remind you this morning's lesson, Abram, 75 years of age, get thee from thy country and from thy kindred unto a land that I will show thee. That plan does not make sense. Build an ark of gopher wood. This plan does not make sense. Go to verse number 22 of chapter number 6 if you would. And here's what we find. The Bible says, thus did Noah according to, what's that next word? All that God commanded him, so did he. You know what we find in Noah's life? We find obedience. We find obedience. Noah took time to lay out a plan. The Bible says, thus did Noah. He took time to lay out this plan and follow the instructions that God had given him. Could I encourage you this morning, missions work takes time. Your pastor laid out a plan this morning, and I'm sure he's given it to you before, but he said to you this morning, we want one missionary on every continent, or on every, in every country, I'm sorry, that we are supporting. You know what? That's going to take some time. That's going to take a plan. That's going to take some of us coming together and realizing that there's some things that we need to do. God's plan for man proclaiming His name often takes time. And it takes time for us to get things in order But remember, this ark is not only going to be transporting life of man and life of animals. This ark is continuing God's name through the generations. Aren't you thankful for God's plan? God's plan is extremely important. Biblical missions is so much more than just a a burden on our heart. Uh, We saw a video this morning, and and we we could watch countless videos of places all around this world that need the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, you'll watch that video and and right there immediately, if you are a, a human being with any type of heart, you're immediately burdened. right? You immediately emotionally think something's gotta change. Something's gotta happen. But the reality that we talked about this morning and we need to revisit here in just a moment is this fact that missions work is not emotional work. Missions work is obedience to the Word of God. Missions work is a plan that has been given to us by God and we follow it and we follow it unashamedly and we lay out that plan and we allow God in His timing to fulfill that plan. I want you to see nextly, go to verse number 18. I know we're working back, but... I want you to be reminded, just like Abram earlier this morning had that covenant, biblical mission acts on nothing more than the promise and the command of God. Look at he says in verse number 18, but with thee will I establish my covenant. And thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. Nothing but the promise and the command of God probed Noah to begin building this ark. It was a promise, it was a command, and by faith, the Bible says in verse number 22, thus did Noah according to all that God commanded. You realize that to be obedient to the Word of God, we need nothing else than to follow the command that God has laid out for us. Uh, We need to just follow Him unashamedly. Uh, sometimes we can be skeptical, can't we? Sometimes we can, 
have many questions. Sometimes we can respond out of emotion and not out of the Bible or God's leading. And for many of us, we see uh, our part in being involved in missions as faith promise and, and grace giving and, and whatever you endeavor to give to the Lord. And, and I'm very heavily involved in my church and, and giving to missions. But church, I want to lay out for you this thought, uh, this fact that we must be obedient to the, the command that God has given us. It's not emotional. Here's what I mean by that. Uh, this is September. I assume you're going to take faith promise or a grace giving commitment. You're going to make some type of commitment. And emotionally this week, you know what we're thinking? We can do this. This is possible. Emotionally speaking, we're on board. And then January rolls around. And you realize you went crazy in December because you were emotionally charged about Christmas. And then you realize, wait a minute. I made a commitment. See, are you following that simple thought this morning? It's not based on emotional work. For Noah, God gave him a command. God gave him a plan. And Noah needed to follow that. And can you just consider for a moment how many years Noah was building? I mean, if you've ever been involved in a building project, maybe it takes three to five, maybe ten years, not upwards of a hundred years like Noah is involved in building this. Do you understand that Noah couldn't be following God just emotionally? He had to be following Him based on the command and the Word of God. Noah couldn't respond because, you know what, the sky is changing and it looks like it might rain, so I better get busy about God's plan. That wasn't going to happen. Uh, Noah uh, couldn't uh, begin to uh, build this ark because he went down to the local hardware store and realized that gopher wood was on sale, so maybe this is the will of God. I don't know that's kind of crazy this morning and maybe a little bit corny to you, but sometimes that's how we treat the will of God. That maybe if all of these things align properly, then it must be the will of God. You realize for Noah, he had the command of God and he had to act solely based on the command of God. Noah couldn't spend time talking this over with his wife. Does this make sense? I don't want to beat up my wife too much, but if I went home today and told my wife that we were going to start a hundred year building program and just my offspring were going to be the ones to see this finished and take... She would think I'm crazy, just like the rest of you. But do you realize Noah couldn't talk it over with his wife to see if it made sense? He couldn't look to the sky to see if there was any sign of rain coming? Uh, he couldn't worry about any of those things. He had to act on the command of God. Biblical mission acts on nothing more than a promise and a command of God. I got over to chapter number 7, and here's what I want you to consider. And We need to be reminded of this. Success is not based on numbers. See, often we look and we think, boy, if Noah is going to be successful, surely a good population of the world at that time would have gotten on board. Uh, success is not based on numbers. You get to chapter 7. Look at verse number 7, if you would. The Bible says in verse 7, And Noah went in and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives into the, into the ark because the waters of the flood. Go down to verse number 13. And the selfsame day entered Noah, Shem, Ham, and uh, Japheth, the sons of Noah, Noah's wife and his three wives of his sons with them into the ark. You get to 1 Peter chapter number 3, verse number 20, and we read these words, which sometimes were disobedient, and when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, there's a whole sermon right there that the long-suffering of God, while he waited, while that ark was being prepared, wherein few, that is eight souls, were saved by water. 
You say, what do you mean we can't always base success on numbers? In Noah's day, eight souls were saved by water. Eight souls were saved through that ark and God preserving His name through that generation. And we could look and we could begin to think about these numbers, but I want you to consider, church, you have the uh, Thomas family here. You have other missionaries that you represent and that you give towards. Would you please recognize uh, as they go forth, as they are spreading the Word of God, uh, as they are giving the Word of God, we cannot base their success on how many people they had sitting in the pew on Sunday. The reality is I have folks that we support at our church, and uh, I'll tell you this quick story. Uh, there's a man, he, he left our church to go start a church in Grenada, and he started his church, and I'm assuming this morning, I don't know, but I know last Sunday he had close to 75 people. He's just two years old. If you know anything about Grenada, it's not a very large island. It's 12 miles wide by 23 miles long. And uh, not, not a whole lot of people there. And God has blessed him very quickly. 75 people are there. Do you realize there's another guy that we could pull out his name and talk about today? And he's been at it for eight years. And he might have ten showing up this morning. And we could look and say, you know what? Are they successful? Are they not? I could look at Noah and say, Noah, that's not very successful. But you know what success is that we talked this morning? Success is obedience. And he followed the Lord, and he was willing to follow the Lord based upon uh, a command and a word from God. Uh, number next here this morning. I don't think I gave you any numbers here this morning, but I want you to notice this. Biblical missions is a major expense. Would you just stop and consider Noah and the structure that God entrusted him with building and the expense that this was going to be? A 600-foot ship is not something that you run down to Lowe's, Home Depot, and Ace Hardware and clear the shelves and just start building. I Really, I want you to think about that. I mean, this man Noah, when God said, you're going, I want you to do this, based on the grace of God, I want you to be in my service, be in my work, and he, he goes out to do this. I can only assume that Noah was a wealthy man. I can only assume that God had brought blessings into his life and, and he had connections and folks to be able to bring this in. How is it that you get all of this expense? I mean, some ideas. Maybe the wood was donated. Maybe he took out loans knowing he wasn't going to have to pay them back. Probably not, but maybe. It is the work of God, so the miraculous uh, provision of God in his life the reality is we need to recognize that as God is continuing to use His generation uh, to proclaim His name, there is an expense involved in that, and we ought not shy away from that. By the way, Psalm 24.1 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and the world that, that, and they that dwell therein. So the reality is everything you have and everything I have in my life ultimately belongs to the Lord. And so as He entrusted to us in our life, we have to look at that and say, God, what have You blessed me with that You desire that I use in this endeavor to proclaim Your name to this generation? And in Noah's case, God says You're going to build this ark and You're going to take time, lay out the plan. There's a major expense to biblical mission. But could I remind you this morning, the return on your investment will leave you speechless. Can you just sit for a moment and consider the eternal rewards that happen because you and I were willing to be obedient to God and follow His plan? Uh, you are sitting here today 
And I know God is sovereign. I just quoted Psalm 24.1. You are sitting here today, and it's only possible because of obedient followers of God. Noah being one of them. Uh, Pastor Rydell being one of them. Former pastors that you've had in this church being others. Uh, however it was that you were reached with the Gospel, somebody was obedient and taking their part serious to bring the Gospel of Jesus Christ into your life. And we have to recognize our part and our day being involved in this. There's a major expense, but the investment will leave you speechless. Go to verse number 18, back in chapter number 6 if you would. And I'm thankful for this. Biblical missions is a partnership. Now it's kind of scary if you're going to go into a partnership with someone. If you were going to start a business today and you were going to link up with someone and begin that partnership, you're going to do a lot of background or homework on someone to make sure you're not linking up with somebody that's going to take advantage of you. When you consider what God is calling His children to, God is allowing you and I to be involved in this partnership. It's a partnership. Look at verse number 18. Uh, it says, but with thee will I establish my covenant. It's you and I, this case Noah, partnering with God on what seems like an impossible mission. I was driving here today, as I told you before, the Sunday school hour. It took me a while to get spirit-filled after driving from Fairless Hills this morning on 95. And, but I'm driving here today, and I actually said to my wife, we, we are never, ever, I don't, I don't hardly ever remember being on the highway uh, uh, driving somewhere on a Sunday. So I have a, pretty much have a routine every Sunday morning. I know how my day goes, and I spend a good portion of it at our church. I'm on the highway this morning, and I said to my wife, where are all these people going on a Sunday? I mean, if just 1% of them would go to church, our churches would be exploding with, with people this morning. Just think about this. Our world is in desperate need of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're looking, we're looking at Thailand today. We're looking all over the world. But your neighbors need the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are people in this community right now that today they're waking up wishing that they had hope today. And we're sitting here in this room and we have eternal hope. right? And we can take that to them. And so when God comes along in Noah's life, you know what He was doing? He was telling Noah, look, I am, verse number 18, I will establish my covenant. He's going to partner with Noah. Noah's going to partner with God. And in you and I, we are endeavoring to partner with God on this eternal mission. In partnering with Him, could I encourage you, please always understand who the leader is and who you are following, and please follow Him with no strings attached. God, I will if you... You been there? God, I will give this if you will... No. God, I'm approaching Your Word, and I'm approaching Your instruction, and God, I want Your plan to be fulfilled, and I recognize that You've been more gracious to me in my life than I could ever deserve. So God, here's my life, and I will take it, and I will give it to You, and You can use it however You desire for Your honor and Your glory. So Noah enters this partnership. God gives him some instruction in verse, chapter number 7. God told him seven days and the rain would begin. Look at chapter 7, verse number 4. For yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth forty days and forty nights, and every living substance that I have made 
will I destroy from off the face of the earth. Go down to verse number 10. And it came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were upon the earth. Uh, Could I just remind you that God's Word always comes to pass. God told him, get on board the ship. In seven days, it's going to begin raining. You get to verse number 10, what do we find? It happened. Most of us say, God, start start the rain process, and then I'll get on board. No, God says, get in, take your family, shut the door, and seven days it's going to rain, and it came about. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 7 says this, By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. I want you to consider Noah's life for a moment this morning and recognize this. Noah had as much faith in God the day he got on the ark as he did the day he began building the ark. Sometimes our faith begins to waver a little bit. We looked at Abram's life and we saw that this morning. Noah was a man that for over a hundred years of his life, you know what he had to do? He had to get up every day and he had to go to the construction site. Every single day. Come home. And his wife would probably go through the questions that the wife would ask. How was work today? What happened today? For over a hundred years, do you realize the same thing happened in Noah's life day after day after day? Building an ark. Preaching the truth. No one following. Building an ark. Preaching the truth. No one following. Just consider this. Building an ark. Preaching the truth. No one following. Yet when God said, it's time, Noah, get on board. Get on the boat. God's going to shut that door. The rain's going to come. The floods are going to come. And what happens? Partnering with God always works. You are privileged, and I am privileged, to be involved in an eternal work. Would you please approach the Word of God and recognize God has given you and I more than we could ever imagine. It all starts with the grace of God and it ends with the grace of God. We're serving Him by the grace of God. We're able to minister by the grace of God. We're saints of His by the grace of God. We will be forever in heaven with Him by the grace of God. And so as we approach Him this month, as you're in the midst of this, and you're saying, God, what would you have me to do? Please, no strings attached. God, whatever it is, I'm willing to follow. God, if it's your word, I've got a lot of questions, but I'm going to follow. I've got a lot of unknowns, God, but I'm going to follow. Remember these men like Abram. Remember this man, Noah, who day after day got up and he had nothing but a command and a promise from God. And God used him in his generation to proclaim his name. And God saved those eight souls by water that we understood about there from 1 Peter. And because of His obedience and because of the grace of God, we are able to be here today and have the human race. God wasn't through. God's still sending. God sent Jesus. And God is now allowing you and I to partner with Him in this mission.